Well, hey there, teacher friend, and welcome to 2021. If you are listening to this in real time, we are in a brand new year, which brings brand new opportunities. In case you don't know, you have tuned in to the Primary Teacher Friends podcast with me, Teacher Tony, and I'm so thankful to have you here. So excited for the opportunities that a brand new year can bring to us teachers. So let's say adios to 2020, goodbye, don't let the door hit you on the way out. But we are excited and grateful for a new opportunity. And you're probably already focusing on some goals for this year as it is custom for us at the very beginning of the year. But instead of overwhelming you with some new goals for you as the teacher, I am going to encourage you today to bust Three of these teacher bad habits that can really kill your joy and steal away the happiness that you can truly feel as a teacher. Kicking these three bad habits to the curve can increase your happiness and your peace in the workplace, and we all need more of that. So I'm so excited to guide you through these three bad habits and to give you some advice and solutions to finally kick them to the curb for good. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first, or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker. And you're among friends here. And now, your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome, welcome, sweet teacher. So happy to have you here for another episode. I don't know why, but New Year's always gives me this renewed sense of hope and opportunity. 2020 was filled with a lot of loss for me, but that doesn't mean I can't look forward to new opportunity, new gain, and new beginnings. I have lots of goals this year, but more than trying to do new things, I'm really hoping to break some bad habits. Sometimes creating happiness in our lives is not at all about creating something new. It's about taking the things we already do and restructuring them to make them work better for us. Sometimes we don't have to create a new habit. We have to break a bad habit. The three bad habits I'm sharing with you today are all related to being a teacher, to our workplace and our careers, those things that we love so dearly, but sometimes overwhelm us, make us feel frustrated and stressed out. Today, I'm going to identify those bad habits, and I really encourage you to examine yourself and say, do I do these things? And if so, how can I stop them? They are toxic 
to your joy as a teacher. I'm only presenting them to you today because I have really worked over the years to overcome these obstacles and I have a few solutions that I hope will help you do the same. I know you can do it, teacher, and I know you are passion-filled and joyful. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening to me at this moment. So let's talk about three teacher bad habits to bust in 2021. Now, when I say bust, I don't just mean to dally around with the idea of letting these things go. I mean bust them to pieces, teacher. Imagine you have this giant sledgehammer and you can take it and bust something completely to pieces to a point that it is absolutely unrecognizable. That is what I want you to do to these bad habits. The reason I feel so passionate about you doing that with these particular habits is because these things have haunted me in the past and I want you to break free of them as well. So let's get on to bad teacher habit number one that you need to buzz to pieces in year 2021. It is imposter syndrome. So you may have never heard that term before, imposter syndrome. But if you think about what an imposter is, it's someone who shows up and pretends to be something they're not. Have you ever felt that way as a teacher? Have you ever stood in front of a parent and said, do I really know enough to make my case to this person? Or have you ever had an observer in your classroom, maybe an administrator, and thought, Oh, they're going to know that I'm fake, that this is all made up, and I really don't know what I'm doing. That, my friend, is imposter syndrome, and it can creep up on you no matter what level you've attained in college and no matter what kind of experience you have in the classroom. Imposter syndrome is this little lie that tells you that you are not adequate enough, that you don't have the skill or the knowledge to be the best best you. I've dealt with this many, many years. I have sat in front of my principal before and kept quiet because I was scared that maybe he may have known more about my job than I knew. I felt like an imposter. But I've come to realize that that is a lie because my administrators, the parents, and many, many, many other people in the world do not see day to day what I see in the classroom. I am, because of my career, an expert at what I do. I spend hours upon hours working with children, seeing the context of that, seeing their growth, seeing their weaknesses finding solutions to fit those weaknesses. That makes me an expert at what I do. I let go of imposter syndrome in my second year of teaching. I taught kindergarten and I quickly realized, even though I once was completely intimidated by his knowledge, that my principal knows very, very little about what a kindergarten teacher actually does. Besides coming in the classroom for a few minutes 
here and there or for a formal observation. He has very little knowledge about the content or the context of working in kindergarten. It was then and there that I decided I would not feel inadequate around him or other administrators because when they came into my classroom, I was the expert. Besides your coworkers who are teaching the same grade level or the same content at that grade level, no one else knows what it takes to be you. Only the other people that do it. You are the expert. And that imposter syndrome, it does not want you to feel that way. That little feeling of inadequacy that you get, it's not true. You are the expert. So always remind yourself of that. When you feel like you're not enough, remind yourself that you are the expert at what you do. You are doing it hours upon hours every day. You're practicing. You're constantly getting better. There'll never be a point in your life, and that's what matters. There'll never be a point in our lives where we feel like we know everything about our jobs. As long as we are learning and growing, we are the experts at what we do. So kick imposter syndrome this year. Don't ever feel like you are here in this position and you don't deserve to be. We need teachers like you, those who really have a heart and passion for working with kids. We need you to hang around and to feel so confident in what you do so that you can really spread that impact to your students. So this year, when that little feeling creeps up, Take out in your mind that big sledgehammer and bust it to pieces. Adios, imposter syndrome. Now let's talk about another teacher bad habit that I've been guilty of for years in the past that never actually gave me any benefits that I can actually identify. This is staying at work late. Now, some of my listeners may feel offended because you're like, well, I stay late every day and I could not do my job if I did not stay late. That is a lie that I once told myself as well. Oh, at the end of the day, I was overwhelmed with all the things I needed to do before the next day began. I would stay at school. My Reagan, who is now six, was a baby girl then. And I would leave her in the daycare an extra hour to hour and a half every day. Doesn't that sound horrible? To catch up on the things I could not get to during the school day and that had to be done, or at least I thought had to be done, before I could be successful the next day. Well, guess what? I have not done that for years. I kicked that bad habit to the curb, and oh my goodness, I'm so glad I did. Look at all that time I was giving away, all that time with my baby. It was horrible. And no matter how much we love our job, we have to identify what are we putting aside to stay late at work. Is it the presence with your family? Is it a hobby? Is it working out? Is it exercise and all those things that could benefit you in the long run? Probably. If I had never had this problem myself, I wouldn't be up here on my soapbox right now telling you that all that time is not necessary. So now you're saying, okay, Tony, I get you. 
but how can I get it all done? I will tell you, it does take a mindset shift, but you absolutely can get everything that needs to be done without staying late every day. Here are some ways that I've managed to do that, and hopefully you can take these ideas, maybe find some more, and finally stop staying late every day. First of all, one good habit is to batch your lesson planning. Batching is actually a strategy that many business owners use to create content. Think about a blog. If you have a blog that you really love, maybe my blog that you read, that content is more than likely batched. That means that person sat down and created all of that content or at least a big chunk of it all at one time. When you batch your content or your lesson planning in this instance, you're not constantly wondering, what am I going to be teaching? What comes next? You sit down at a dedicated time of the week and you focus only on that and you plan all of that out and you get it out of your way. I recommend batching at least two weeks of lesson and plans or even more if you have the focus. This is something that I set aside a time for each week, usually early in the morning at my home on the weekend when my kids are asleep. That way I can truly focus on it. Put your phone away, take all of the things that could distract you out of the room, shut your door and say, I'm going to do this lesson planning right now so that my mind can be freed up and my time can be freed up for the next several weeks. So definitely try batching. Another reason I was constantly staying late in those early years of my teaching is because I felt the need to be social during my planning. I would open my door, I would go down the hall, I would make trips to the office, really just to see and speak to people because I felt like I needed that. The truth was I was wasting my planning time and that was time that I would have to then get back at the end of the day. When I finally learned that, hey, I don't need this to be a social event. I need to focus on my work. I really got strategic with my planning time when I wrote it in my planner what I would do each day of the week and get accomplished during my planning time. I highly recommend that you do that. Another thing that can really kill your time during your planning is your phone. I know these phones are so, so attractive to us. Actually, they are engineered to be so addictive. But just think about the time that you're going to have to find somewhere to get these things done in the classroom. If you spend your planning scrolling through Facebook or checking your email, I'm really bad for that. (laughs) Then you're going to have to make that time up another part of your day, more than likely during a time you could be doing those more important things of spending time with family, with your dog, in the gym, whatever you like to do. Use your planning wisely and stop staying late after school. Another practice that is harder to explain and really just comes with experience is to just stop expecting to get so much done. I will recommend this really incredible book called Do Less by Kate Northrup. But she talks about in the book how our bodies work in cycles 
and our productivity works in the same way. We can't always be 100% productive, so we have to get good at realizing what on our to-do list is really important and what isn't. After several years of staying late every day, and now many, many years of never staying late, I have to say I'm much happier now. I've learned to be more organized now. I've learned to spend my time more wisely now. All of that came with that decision that, hey, I am not staying late after school anymore. I refuse to leave my baby in the daycare so that I can get this senseless list of things completed before work tomorrow. So just be smart with your time. You can do it. I did it. Be very intentional and decide this staying late is for the birds. No more. Oh, I got to calm down for a second after that one. But finally, let's get to bad teacher habit number three, which is negative talk with other teachers. I am only telling you this because I have been and sometimes am still completely guilty of doing this, but it is one of those bad habits that none of us can afford to have in current times. Despite lots of intentionality on my part, I still find myself every now and then having a pity complaint party with someone at work about how hard my job is. I want you to think about your relationships at work. I want you to think about the people that you surround yourself with when you have free time to socialize. What do you and those people talk about? Do you talk about student growth and the wonderful lesson you have planned? Or do you talk about how tired you are and how horrible this one kid is that you can't get to be quiet and how you wish it was Christmas break again. I'm so tired. I just want to go home. Oh, Lord, I've done that. That is so true. But what I've learned over the years and what I've realized after really analyzing myself, looking at myself during those kinds of conversations, is that they are so counterproductive. Not only do they not benefit us in any way, they actually send us in the other direction. When you talk negatively, your negative feelings increase. And when someone else is reciprocating those negative feelings to you, oh my goodness, they increase even more. When we surround ourselves with negativity and complaining, that fire is fueled, oh my goodness, and it is a ravaging one. It can take small situations like maybe a bad behavior in your classroom and really make it seem a lot worse than it is. We can convince ourselves that something is awful when truly it is not. That is why complaining with a coworker constantly is a bad habit we need to get rid of this year. This habit is particularly hard to break if you work directly with someone who is negative. I know I've been there. But here are some suggestions that can help you if you really want to bust this bad habit. First of all, just be more aware of your language. 
sometimes we feel so comfortable talking to someone else, we're not really aware of the words that are actually coming out of our mouths. So for the next week, when you go into a friend's room or meet them in the hallway, I want you to think about the words that they are saying and the words that you are saying. Would you write them mostly as positive and beneficial or negative and damaging? I work with this incredible lady named Claudetta, and when you say to her, hey, Claudetta, how are you today? She doesn't say, ah, I'm good, or yeah, I'm doing fine. She says, I am blessed. What I've realized that that does for me is it does not open a door for me to speak negatively to her. I can't say, oh, me too. I'm so tired. Oh, it's, it's been a hard week. Your response has to be positive. So that is one area you can start with. When someone says, hey, how are you? Give them this really positive answer. That will kill a lot of negative talk right there before there's even an opportunity. Don't only use that kind of language in the greeting with someone, but take those same kinds of words and that same kind of outlook and add it to your whole conversation. You'll be really surprised how people respond to you when you speak positively, even when they are negative. You will influence them to speak more positively and to kick that negative talk to the curb. Trust me, give it a try. I have been in many conversations conversations when someone was talking negatively, even about another teacher. And when I'm brave and say something kind and uplifting, you know what? The conversation changes in that direction. It's very powerful. I definitely encourage you to give it a try. Another piece of advice I have about this negative talk is to really evaluate the kind of people that you were surrounding yourself with and find positive influence somewhere. You may be saying, well, Tony, I am surrounded by negativity. Well, you have a choice about who you spend your time with. Now, you may have a planning period or some kind of professional development hour that you have to spend with negative people at work, but you don't have to surround yourself with their negativity. We are like the people that we spend the most time with. Remember that. Surround yourself with positive people. Put positive thoughts in your head by reading people who have a positive tone about teaching. Maybe listen to my podcast because you guys know I love you and you know I love teaching. Being really intentional about those kinds of things can really kill and bust this bad habit of negative talk with other teachers. And you know what? Sometimes we have a toxic relationship with someone else that never brings us any positive effects, and we just have to cut those out. That does not mean you have to be mean or unkind. It just means you have to really cut back on the time that you're spending with that person because that is what your soul needs. I've had to do that in my professional career, and trust me, you will not regret it. 
Negative talk never has a benefit. It's counterproductive to you. So bust that bad habit as soon as you can, teacher. So just a recap of these three teacher bad habits that I know you can bust this year. Number one is the feeling of imposter syndrome. Bust it. Get rid of it. ASAP. Number two is staying late. There's no benefit to it. Trust me, get rid of it. Bust it, teacher. You got this. And finally, negative talk with other teachers. Oh, there's nothing good to come from that. Be a positive light. Be aware of your language. Surround yourself with positive influence and cut out toxic relationships at work. You don't need them. What teacher bad habit would you add to today's list? I would absolutely love to know it because, of course, I'm always looking to improve my craft and my passions in the classroom. So if you have busted a teacher bad habit in the past, be sure to drop over into our Primary Teacher Friends Facebook group and let me know what it is. I'd love to hear from you, and I know other teachers need your expertise and knowledge and experience as well. This is me wrapping up and wishing us all a blessed and healthy and happy new year 2021. I love you guys. I'm thankful for you. I hope by the time this episode releases that you are really settling back into the classroom and working hard to leave your impact on your students. Until we meet again, Go make a difference, teacher friend. (laughs) 